DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined by Steve Cleveland, our basketball and now our life insider as well. Steve joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, in the midst of everything going wrong in the world, I have turned into a hopeless optimist on one particular thing. And I may be proven wrong on this. We'll, we'll know because we'll all have the eyeball test and judge for ourselves. But I saw the Jazz canceling a practice opportunity. I'm thinking, man, you're down in Disney World in the bubble. And you got all this time. And even if you had, uh, you know, some teams are more shorthanded than the Jazz. Even if you only had eight guys, you could do four on four. You could do something. And I'm thinking, they got all this practice time. They got three scrimmages. They got eight games. By the time we get the playoffs, I thought it was going to be maybe some iffy basketball. But I'm starting to think, this ought to be really pretty good quality basketball. I'm I'm optimistic that this is going to look really good when they get to the playoffs. Am I right? I'm optimistic as well. And and, and the reason being is that there there are little to no distractions. I mean, I think it seems like just looking – Again, looking from afar and, and, and seeing all the activities they're involved in, it's like they haven't missed a step, the NBA, in terms of all the activities and different things that, that the guys can do. And I know it must be difficult being away from their families, their girlfriends, their wives, the whole deal. But uh, I think the thing that about being together, and there is a, is a togetherness, there's a unity together that uh, you can't create anywhere else. Well, you can't create this home anywhere else in the world. And consequently, I think guys are really focused. They know the whole world's watching them. And it's an opportunity for the NBA to really take a step forward and do something really unique and really special. And there may be an asterisk around whoever ends up winning this thing, but I I think it it just appears that everybody's kind of enjoying the experience, and uh, it's more more of a united effort and and a unity deal where, Guys aren't just going home, you know, practice is over, they go home, they go home to their families, they go home by themselves, whatever. I mean, they're living with each other full time. And that that enhances the culture, that enhances relationships. Guys get, you know, kind of forced to get to know teammates that maybe they don't hang out with. You know, a lot of guys that are married, you know, practice is over, they get their, their shots up, they're out of there. But now they're in a situation where they really got to depend on each other for everything that they do. And so I think it's a real positive thing. Uh, I'm kind of worried initially that after three or four weeks of this, they get bored, but they seem to really be finding things that uh, uh, keep their interest and uh, developing new relationships. And I, I think the basketball is going to be great. It's just going to be weird doing it, watching it without fans. Yeah, I think the key that you just said is that they know the world is going to be watching, and this is something that you've spent your entire adult world in. When they know people are going to be watching, whether when you're coaching at BYU or Fresno and you start to see the fans pile into this to the arenas, that the kids, in this case the college kids, they get, ex- they get excited. It's more than just a scrimmage. Even when you, you would do the the Midnight Madness or whatever they call it at BYU, the blue and white or whatever it was, couldn't you sense a little bit more excitement when you had that first time and you did like an inter-squad scrimmage and you invited the public in to watch it versus when you did it alone? And I know there won't be any fans, but there'll be all sorts of media attention. So I'm expecting these guys to be jacked. I completely agree. And I think that, you know, in a normal setting, 
when you've been grinding out practices and you're two-a-days and doing all the things that you do with practice, watching tons of film, and then it's that night before Midnight Madness. You know, everybody just has so much energy. It's so excited. And I, I think you're gonna, there's a parallel between this, these two situations. And they're not going to wear these guys out. They're, they're only there for a short period of time. I think they've got maybe three weeks of practice. But you do kind of get bored with it. And, and you're doing the same things. So they've got to make coaches, the, 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 the actual organizations themselves, have to provide different things to keep these guys' interest. Basketball is basketball. But more important maybe will be the relationships that are being developed here and the, the unity of teams that they've maybe never seen before because they're just not spending this much time with their teammates ever. And, and when a normal year, whatever we would call normal now these days, uh, in a normal season, they're not spending eight, nine, ten hours with your teammates. And I guess you could say, well, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I don't like these guys, but I think what's happened because of the unity of, and, and for, a, for a lot of reasons, uh, I don't think the league will ever be more united than it is right now. I mean, every it's, it's everybody on deck. This is what we're doing, and uh, it, it, it's going to really, in my mind, elevate the NBA even more so than they already are. And, and we've watched the NBA grow and develop and, and just be a, a great success story. Uh, this takes it to another level. And uh, I remember as a player, I remember as a coach, uh, the excitement and the energy that comes from playing games. Uh, and I, I think we're going to see a great product. And uh, it, it will be, you know, I don't know if they're going to have canned in noise or what they're going to do. Maybe it will be, we'll have an opportunity, kind of a unique situation. Well, what fan wouldn't love to come to practice or to a scrimmage and listen to the interaction between players on the floor and the coaches and uh, you know, there may be uh, a little bit of censoring here and there, but for the most part, every fan would love to have an opportunity to come to a closed practice and watch coaches, watch players interact with each other and find out what goes on behind the scenes rather than just in a game setting. Well, yes, people would absolutely positively love that. Um, now, these guys are going to know that they're on, so even though it's closed... You know, they know it's on TV and they still get feedback from the fans. Maybe it'd be different without social media, but they're going to know the world is watching because they're going to check the social media and they're going to see it. Yeah, that, that, there's no question. There's checks and balances here. Right? Everybody's going to have to be a little more appropriate maybe than they've been. I mean, we, we've all been in practices where things get heated and things get competitive. And uh, I can't imagine, and I'm still not being a little bit of smack talk and, and uh, things said, uh, you know, we, the world is watching. They're going to have to be appropriate in their language. I'm sure there are going to be some mess-ups once in a while, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they've been tutored on this from, uh, from the commissioner down to the coaches that, listen, this is uh, families are watching this, and <clears throat> we need to remember who we are and think, uh, take away from their competitiveness and, and uh, you know, the, the mental part of the game where you, you do talk to guys and you do kind of get into their head. I can't imagine that not being a part of this experience. If you're Quinn Snyder and his staff, how do you approach trying to replace Bogdanovich? You know, I, I've, and the first thing that would come to my mind is this, is that it allows them to probably put more ball handlers on the floor. It allows them to play at a different tempo. Yes, they're, they're missing out on a really good shooter, but 
there's not a coach in the world that whether it's at the beginning of the game or the end of the game that you don't like to go small or be able to have four ball have really good ball handlers on the floor. It makes it more difficult to defend. Uh, it, it just gives you versatility. I, I know that at the end of a lot of games that I coached, I went small because I could I, I put the best free throw shooters on the floor, put guys that can handle the ball, and uh, and we could switch everything. And I think you know defensively. It, it makes a, a big difference. Certainly that's a big loss, and it's 20 points a night, but it gives other guys a chance to step up and play. And for me, unless there's just a real significant issue defensively where you can't guard guys and it's bad matchups, I'd always rather, go, I'd always rather play small because there's just more versatility offensively. I can switch everything defensively, and, uh, and there's fewer decisions to be made on the court. It, it just kind of happens – kind of organically we know this is how we're going to play we're going to switch everything one to four or you know whatever your schemes are uh it makes it easier when you go small i think it gives them a chance to have more ball handlers on the floor more shooters on the floor and uh there's there's something comfortable about that so one theory is that uh you know this is going to be more for jordan clarkson he's been really good with the second group but, you know, when you're in a second group, you're usually out on the floor with a couple guys who, if they aren't non-scorers, they certainly aren't as good as scorers. So you get a real green light. When you're out there trying to fit in with four of the other best players on the team, many of whom are ball handlers and shooters, requires you to play different. You think Clarkson's a good fit for that role for the extra minutes? Or does somebody else need to be the person that would be a better fit? Uh that's a really good question. I, I think initially, uh, if I'm coaching that team, I want to see what it looks like with Jordan Clarkson with him. I mean, it's an experiment to a certain degree. And uh, I, I, I would rather take a look at that early on. Let's see what this looks like. Let's see if, you know, let's play two or three games this way. Uh, because he, he does have the ability to really put up numbers and put them up quickly. And if it puts him in a situation, and you know what else it does? It makes Donovan Mitchell. Um, and not, not to say that we don't want, you know, that a coach wouldn't want him shooting more, but if Donovan Mitchell scoring four or five less points and has six or seven more assists, and Jordan Clarkson is averaging 18 or 19 points a game, they probably become a better team. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that Donovan Mitchell not be the guy and, and, and take big shots, but what, what, if he, what if Donovan Mitchell can wear another hat more significantly than he has in the past and, and really distribute the basketball, get guys going. Hey, lay in the shot clock. I mean, he or Jordan Clark. Jordan Clarkson's good with the ball at the end of the shot clock. He's creative, but it's still Donovan Mitchell's team. But what about, you know, what, the role that he takes where he's distributing and, uh, and, and no one's going to question when he takes a contested shot. No one's going to ever question him when he wants the ball in his hand late in the shot clock. But... I like Jordan Clarkson. I, I think you got to make baskets. He's another guy that can make baskets, and and certainly defense kind of wins championships. But you know what? You get down by fifteen or twenty, <laughs> defense is not going to help you. Not not in that game. You got to have guys who can put the ball on the floor, score it. And I like Jordan Clarkson in that lineup. I, I would experiment with it early to see what it looks like. If it doesn't work, then go back to the norm and then figure out who you want to put into those slots. 
So I'm wondering with Mitchell, that's an interesting concept there. You know, he's been this scorer, and he's talked about how he wants to be a better passer. How hard is it to get to that level to have that good balance in terms of when to create for yourself and when to look for other guys? I think that what they do, you know, in practice, film sessions, one-on-one, I think Donovan Mitchell probably has a great relationship with his teammates, but I think that when you're watching film and you're looking, you know, he needs to be the guy. Look, see, you come off that screen. If you curl that thing and do this or do that, I can get the ball to you. And it, 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 he, he engages his teammates that way in film sessions. He engages them in practice when a guy maybe doesn't take the shot he should have taken. And, and that, that happens a lot with guys. You know, they go, well, I, you know, I wasn't sure. Well, if, you, if Donovan Mitchell is telling him, no, you've got to take that shot. That's your shot. Well, he hears that from the point guard, from the best player on the team. It instills confidence. And, and then Donovan can do so many things in terms of when guys are succeeding or not or whatever the circumstances are. But he's, he's, a, big, he's a big key here. I mean, we, they've looked at him. Everybody looks at him as an athletic scorer, and he's amazing. But really, for this team to get to the next level, his his leadership uh, on and off the court is a big, big part of what this team's capacity is going to be. And I think he can really instill confidence by the little things you do off the court in film sessions, practice, just one-on-one, talking about things, or even watching film with your teammate with no coaches there. Hey, look, what can we do to get you open so we can create space to do this or do that or coming off ball screens, whatever the circumstance is, uh, I, I think Donovan Mitchell's role, if, if the Jazz are going to be successful in this little stretch of two or three months, uh, he doesn't have to score 40 points a game. What he's got to do is get this play, his team playing to its full capacity and full potential. And that's going to require he do things that he hasn't ever done before, that he's going to at times give the ball to a Jordan Clarkson late in the shot clock and with full confidence knowing he wants to take that shot. Now, we know what happens in the games. If these guys aren't performing and all of a sudden shots aren't going down, he automatically already has the green light and he's going to have to do that. So some way, somehow, you've, you've got to find a blend of both. And, uh, but I think early on in these seven or eight games that they're going to play, why not experiment with different lineups and put, the, put shooters on the floor? And uh, you only got a guard for about 12 seconds anyway in the NBA. By the time they push it up, shots are going up quick. I like the idea right now early on in this that, uh, that Donovan Mitchell is wearing both hats equally as a scorer and a distributor. And, uh, you know, who knows what might happen. It, it's right now uh, they need to be better than they are if, if they want to play late, late and deep into this tournament. And so it's one of those things that I, I would certainly, as a coach, be encouraging Donovan, talking to him about it. And if I was Donovan Mitchell, I'd be talking to my teammates about it as well. And I'm going to add a new role here. I want to, I want to help us be better. I can help us be better by getting you the ball in positions where you like to score it. Let's talk more about that. Uh, everybody knows that his role late in the shot clock, if he's got the ball in his hands, probably going to do something with it. Well, who's going to, you know, who's going to get a double team? He's going to get doubled. And guy's got to know that he's going to give it up. So I, I like it. I like going small. I mean, I'd rather have McDonavich there because, you know, he's 18, 20 a night and 
But that being said, even if Bogdanovich was there, you know, I would look for ways to play Bogdanovich at the four or five sometimes when you go small and just put as many shooters on the floor as you can. So, man, you got me thinking about a million things right there. Uh, one thing you said, if you think Donovan's game is at the point where he's just going to be doubled all the time, then doesn't that just scream Clarkson? Because there's going to be open shots. Oh, yeah, there's going to be open shots. And I think for good point guards, especially early in games, rather than your best players taking the shots, Let's get the let's get the guys that not that Jordan Carson doesn't have confidence. He's really confident, but I know at the collegiate level, <clears throat> sometimes it, it helped our team when the fourth leading scorer on the team got early shots and got their confidence. And we're looking for those guys off of sets or quick hitters. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's one of those situations where early in a game when we're just feeling things out and trying to get a figure, that's that's kind of when you want to look for those guys and. You know, all of a sudden, a couple of baskets go down, and there's some confidence there now. It's not a, it's not at a critical, crucial time in the game. You know, you don't want to play the whole game at the end of the game on, you know, I'm going to get it to, to DJ. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a shot in a while. No, you can't do that. That's when you start losing basketball games. But early on in games is when Donovan Mitchell should set the tone in terms of getting guys shots, uh, especially early in the shot clock. And if not, he still has the freedom to take it and finish it late in the shot clock. But the fewer contested shots, and it's hard in the NBA uh, to not have contested shots because there's not a lot of time. If you're taking three or four seconds to get it up, dead ball, something happens, ball out of bounds, you know, a lot of shots are contested. And that makes it more difficult for guys that aren't scorers, pure scorers that can shoot, make contested shots. But with other guys, they need open shots. And you get that by you know having the ball in your best player's hand and attacking or using ball screens. And if that guy's rolling or somebody's just curling over the top of the screen, you're looking for them early. I mean, anything you can do early to get off guys that, that maybe uh, aren't your best shooters, it makes your team better late because they've got more confidence. You think this now that this uh, discord between Gobert and Mitchell has been exposed a little bit, uh, you think of in, in a basketball sense, they'll sort of be on their best behavior when the games resume? I can't imagine it not. Uh, I, I Honestly, I, I would lose some respect for both of them uh, if they can't put that and move on. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's time to move on. You're, they're big boys, and you don't have to love each other, and you don't have to go hang out and at night and go to dinner together or whatever. I, I get that. I mean, that happens in every team. I mean, it doesn't matter whether guys like each other or not. They gravitate to people who they're comfortable with. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with them not going to dinner together or hanging out and, you know, playing pickleball. That's fine. But when it comes to the game, these are professionals, and they need to suck it up and put all that past them. Because if they don't, then it's not going to work, and it's probably the two of them aren't going to be teammates for a long time. Because if it doesn't work here and there's issues, then, then management's going to start taking a look at this. Okay, one of these guys has got to go. You just can't have that. That, that kind of chemistry at this level, man, you ought to all be on the same page. And, and they've got good talent, but, you know, they're, they're not a team with, you know, three or four all-stars. They, they, they're successful when they play together. 
and they have a great culture and there's chemistry and they move the ball, you know, and if all of a sudden you've, you've got uh, an environment where guys are chipping at each other and they're not getting along and, and they're not moved on from whatever the circumstance was, they'll never, they'll never ever reach their full potential as a team. So uh, I would hope that they're both old enough, mature enough, and if not, that the coaching staff makes it really clear, listen, you you got to put this away. you got to move on. Uh, we, we can't be who we want to be. We can't be our best selves if we got a, a bad locker room. Steve, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes to talk hoops. And, man, next week we'll be breaking down actual scrimmages. How about that? Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. You have a great week, guys.